Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, welcome to a special episode of Talking Ball with Pat Leonard. We have none other than Giants captain and starting safety Julian Love joining the program. Julian, so glad to have you here. Thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me, Pat. You got it. So before I talk about football here, I got to ask you, I see you in the locker room this week beating Saquon Barkley, I think twice, was it, in (laughs) ping pong. Is that a a head-to-head that you have dominated? And are you at the top of the rankings in the team ping pong rankings here? No, I'm not at the top. Um, There's definitely a hierarchy. There's probably like Darius Slayton and David Sills are probably the top two right now in the locker room. Um, but I compete. I'm in that kind of that second tier. And I was talking a little trash to Saquon as he was playing some other guys, you know, earlier in the week. And so uh, he, he took that as a challenge. And so we played numerous games, not just two. We played a lot of games. And he had my number early on. But now that I'm back in the flow, shaked off the rust, rust, yeah, I got him. I got him on the ropes. Nice. Does Slayton being lefty have anything to do with him being atop the rankings? That's part of it. You got to know how to play a lefty. And he has a really good forehand. And anything you just lob up to him just to get on the table, he's he's swatting it back at you. And so he's tough. Sills is a little tougher. I could, I could play with uh, Slayton, though. But Sills, uh, his serve is his, his, is his killer. If you get past his serve, then you can play ball with him. Interesting. I love how you have these scouting reports on all these guys. It's great. Yeah, uh, you play them so much. Well, I've, I've seen you obviously excelling in the locker room, but then on the field, you're having a great season as well. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but at the moment, you are in the top 10 of Pro Bowl voting for strong safeties across the entire league. No surprise based on the year you're having, but what does that mean to you? Obviously, the voting's still ongoing, but what does it mean to you that you're having the kind of season and then you're getting the kind of fan love that puts you in that in, in those rankings there? Yeah, that's uh, it means a lot. I mean, to have fan support, you know, I'm not a guy that I would say has the most clout out there, has the biggest following. Um, I've have been producing, I thought, at a high level this – I think at a high level this season. And so it's good to see that. And, you know, I, I know the fan vote ends in a couple of weeks. And so I know all my people in my community and all that stuff are going to be pushing full force uh, to try to just get some votes for me uh, to, you know, make it make it – make me have a shot. Julian leads the team, for those who don't know, in tackles with 83. The next closest player on the defense has 51. Also leads the team with two interceptions. And, Julian, I got to ask you, you know, going back to Nazareth Academy, obviously, you were a force on the offensive side of the ball, too. And I feel like both times you've picked off the ball this season against the Ravens and the Cowboys, you looked like a running back. Like, you looked like you were trying to score. Can (laughs) you flip right back into that mindset of, you know, I can still do this and I want to show everybody I can? Yeah, you know, it's been a minute since I had some uh, return opportunities. I was, uh, like you said, I was well accomplished in high school for on the offensive offensive side of the ball. Um, initially, I was recruited uh, to college for offense, but then it switched to defense. And, uh, yeah, I made some moves um, against the Ravens when I got caught the pick and everybody was laughing because I made some nice moves. And I was like, yeah, guys, I was all state at running back. Come on now, like twice. Um, and so, yeah, I have a little juice to me. Uh, it's exciting, but yeah, I'm definitely meant for the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> and 
So why do you think uh, you've put it all together this season? And how, how are you playing at such a high level so consistently? Does the scheme have something to do with it? Does experience have something to do with it? Do you and Wink Martindale see things the same? You know, how has it come all together for you in 2022? Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird thing. I feel like, and I've, I've been saying this all year, um, I, feel, I don't feel like I'm playing better, really. I feel like I'm just playing more. Um, I feel like I was just unfortunately given a, a role where I, I was only able to show a sample size of my abilities um, these past few years, and it's been tough, and I just try to stay resilient. But when you put me out there, I've been consistent these past four years. Like There hasn't been a question if I'm like, when I'm out there, I'm not playing good ball. And so that's like the tough part that, you know, I would go, I would get frustrated with at times um, and just learn like, you know, my time's coming, whatever. Uh, but just being out there kind of doing what I'm doing, I just have a confidence right now that I just, I know I'm a good player. I've always known I'm a good player and yeah, it's showing. And just like you said, it's consistent. It's not, I don't flash. I don't talk a lot. Um, I just get my work done. Did earning a captaincy and you, you said at the time, you know, how proud you were of it. But did earning a captaincy through your work in the offseason with the new coaching staff, did that, you know, instill even more confidence in you? Not that you needed more confidence as a player, but just in the fact that they were going to give you all those opportunities and that they were going to let you be that leader and be the guy that you knew you could. Yeah, I mean, it was exciting. You know, getting the captain spot, I think it's it's a huge honor. I think, you know, you'd never want to be like, I should be a captain or whatever, but you know, of all the guys in the locker room, I would say I'm the most level-headed, I guess you could say. I'm, I'm pretty fair when it comes to seeing views, um, one to communicate. Um, I'm pretty intentional about how I do things. And so from a people's perspective, I think it makes sense why you know people saw me as that. And then simply as a playing perspective, I've started at every defensive back position uh, in the league, and I have played on every team. I've, I just have the experience of doing it all. And so when I – I don't have to go outside myself to help young guys or help people out with things. I just really reflect on my experiences. And so me just doing that in the in the offseason kind of painted a picture in people's minds of me being that leader just because I'm just trying to help guys out the way, you know, I learned the game. Um, and then, yeah, like with Wing coming in, I think was is a huge credit to kind of my confidence because he was able to see past kind of my demeanor off the field um, – well, really, we never talked, and he just kind of analyzed all of us based off our tape. And my tape hasn't lied. I think that's something that you know you can. It's it's, it's quick to overlook because of how I am as a person. Um, but he believed in my tape, and so he therefore he believed my game. And having somebody just believe in my game is all I needed. Uh, and so when the question is, if you're going to bring another safety in, what are we going to do since Logan left, Jabril left, and like we have Zay, like what's going to happen? I was chomping at the bits knowing that, come on, just give me an opportunity, give me a shot um, to really show what I have. No, that's, that's, a, that's a really fascinating way of explaining, you know, where your perspective would have been as a player and how you really grabbed a hold, like you said, of an opportunity that might not have been there if you didn't take it, right? And so that's uh, mm -hmm. a credit to you for sure. So as a, being a captain and being a captain on a winning team with a chance to make the playoffs now, how do you handle these weeks? Because we're talking at the start of December and you guys have positioned yourselves 
in a place where you could make the playoffs for the first time a Giants team has since 2016. So because you have the C on your chest, how do you handle this moment and these weeks and these you know, must-win games, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I think since the start of the season, it's you have that C, you represent something bigger than yourself. You got you to gotta lead not only with you know, who you are and off the field, kind of getting guys motivated, fired up, typical captain leader stuff. But really the reality is if you have a C on your chest, you got to play the best. That's just kind of how I, I've seen it all year. There's, you know, if your captains and your leaders aren't playing well, then you don't have a shot. And so that's kind of my take on it all year. And as we get down to crunch time, with a lot of guys banged up, a lot of guys kind of coming back uh, and, you know, this roster kind of, you know, in flux in terms of just people up and down, um, it's it's crucial, and I talked about it today with our captains, like that we not only show who we are on the field and like yeah, like motivate, play well, that stuff, but we got to bring some energy and juice. Like we got a lot of guys who might be their first time out there um, that are looking to us not just for how we're playing, but how we're our demeanor is when the bad plays happen, when the good plays happen. There's no getting down. It's only positive. It's only motivation. It's only being a competitor, and that's kind of. As this stretch goes down, you know, to the wire, uh, these next, last six weeks, that's that's what it is. That's kind of my mindset: is we gotta be resilient. It's gonna be highs and lows. These teams are gonna make plays, but we're gonna we're gonna fight our ass off because we have been all year. When you have a C on the chest, you have to play the best. That's I couldn't say it better myself. And if you didn't have any, uh, you know, enough on your plate already. Mid-season, Xavier McKinney goes down, and now you are also the guy wearing the green dot, making the play calls on the field. Could you describe to me how different or not that is for you? You know, does because I haven't seen your play change at all. You know, I think from my vantage point, just knowing, uh, you know, having played sports at a much lower level, it's like the more that's in your head, sometimes it might slow you down a little bit because you're thinking. But it doesn't seem like that has done that to you. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's tough. I'm not gonna say it hasn't been tough, um, but because me and Zay had a really good communication down with the entire defense, he would obviously get the calls and say that stuff, and I would kind of say everything else. And so, hmm. like, we just had a really good thing going, um, and we will continue to when he gets back. It's just like I know all the guys, and so I know how to communicate communicate to the guys. I know what to say to Zay. Um, he knows what to say to me, and so like that is the toughest part that has been missed. Um, just our, just in our kind of synchronization. Forth, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, the communication between us. And so with me getting the calls, it's a little more communication because I got to say the calls. And also I got to let guys know, you know, some of the reads, some of the, some of the checks, um, what the offense is showing, just like a lot of things like that. And so really it is a lot. Um, and so, I just try to say what I have to say, but I don't – whatever the whatever the play starts, whenever the ball is hiked, I just play my game. I just play my, my brand of football. Um, I, in the past, have made mistakes of, like I would say, like college and before that, in high school, I'd make mistakes of thinking that, like, when things get heightened, I have to be do more. Um, and I haven't taken that approach since Zay's been out. I just got to continue to play my brand of football because um, that's what this team needs. It's just somebody who – Runs to the ball, tackles well, makes plays when they when they arise. Is, um, is always around the football. Just keep that to my game, and then let everybody else kind of feed off of that. As you described yourself, level headed. That is a very level headed approach. And 
you know, no secret now that the Giants uh, value you. And obviously we know that your representatives and the Giants discussed during the bye week a potential contract extension. I know you want to table that until after the season, but I just wanted to ask you, where did you guys leave it? Do you feel like you left it in a good place? And do you ultimately want to stay a giant and remain a giant for the long term coming out of those conversations? Yeah, I mean, all else being equal, I would love to say a giant. I, I really appreciate this community, the fan base, um, the people in the building. It's just, it's it's fun. I, I really love it here. Me and my wife love it here. It's just, it's become, like, I never saw myself as a, you know, East Coast kind of Jersey, uh, New York guy. Uh, I was a Midwest kid, and we now, you know, l- love it out here maybe a little more than we do back home in Chicago. Um, and so it's it's special. It's a special place and a special organization. I just believe, and I believe what you know, Shane and Dable are doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, I can't, I can't sacrifice kind of what I think my value is. And so that's the challenge of, you know, it's funny because I've been in the situation before in terms of leaving Notre Dame. Um, I love, I love that school. I love my friends that were there. It just, it was perfect. Everything was meshing. Everything was vibing. Um, And then the best situation came up for me to declare for the draft. And I had to do it. It broke my heart, but I had to do it. And so it's like, you got to kind of have this wariness with, as we go into this contract. And yeah, we have been talking, you know, as the season been going, I just got to play ball, but after the season, that's, the conversation will be had. And so what I can do for myself is just continue to play well, uh, show my value. Uh, and then really it's up to the Giants uh, on that point because they know where I stand and loving this organization. It's great to hear. And one of the reasons, one of the things that makes it easy about loving the East Coast in the NFL especially is the NFC East. Mm. And of course, chock full of NFC East games that are meaningful down the stretch for you. What I wanted to ask you was, Now you've been here, this is your fourth year in the NFL and in this division. I'm curious, how do you view the different opponents? Like who, which team do you hate the most? Which rivalry is the most heated? You know, commanders, Cowboys, Eagles. I'm sure they bring their own elements um, of, you know, each of these rivalries. I was just curious from the inside, you know, which team do do the Giants hate the most when you get out on the field? Which one do you want to beat the most? And, um, you know, which games are... Um, I guess the most emotional. Yeah, uh, I would say since I've been here, it's been kind of a changing of the guard almost. Um, because in this past two-ish years, two to three years, everybody has had a new head coach, and so it's like everybody's kind of vibe and mentality and play style has changed in the division. Um, when you look at Ron Rivera, McCarthy, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, buddy out of uh, Philly. Siriani, Siriani, yeah, um, and so it's like it's always evolving, and I would say in the hierarchy of things, I just maybe it's a little chip on my my shoulder because my dad grew up a Cowboys fan, like you know, just like you know, most of America really. Uh, the Cowboys, I, I really dislike um, those guys. Like those are you gotta, I gotta calm myself down before I play them because I'm really kind of fired up to play them. Um, and so I got to get to my optimal zone. And so then, but the Eagles aren't too far behind. They're, if you guys me every other day, it's probably will switch off between disliking them the most. And then, yeah, I think the the Commanders have just a, a roster that that you know is going to be a, a fight with every time. Um, and so 
maybe I, I, I grew, my hate for them grew over the years as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, it's never a situation where you're dapping up, giving hugs after a game. It's kind of like, all right, like <laughs> I'm done. I'm going off the field. Uh, type of you know situation. what it is about the Cowboys? They talk. They, they talk. talk this confidence about them, the star, all that crap. And so, yeah, it's just a. I don't like any of it, and I get really like emotional, fired up, um, getting ready to play them, just because I just I'm the most opposite from thinking with how they think over there. <laughs> I love it. Um, switching gears to something that is uh, has been in the news a lot lately, connected to you guys and some of the teams we're talking about now. Odell Beckham Jr. He's mm. been in town to visit the Giants and visit New York the Bills, the Cowboys, or some other teams he's talking to. What is your opinion on how big it would be to get a player like him back on this team and in this franchise? And um, how much of a role can a captain like you play in trying to make that happen? Yeah, <laughs> you won't see too much of my involvement in uh, trying to make that happen. This <laughs> one, I don't know him. Uh, you know, I know he's a, he's a good player and all that stuff. But, you know, that's Saquon and Chef's guys, guys who've, who've been here a little bit. You know, before me. Um, but yeah, I think the, obviously the community will love it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm pretty just much in the middle on it. I can see the pros and cons to it. Um, he's obviously a good player, but you know, the, I feel like everyone looks at certain things with, with, uh, what's the word like heart eyes, heart glasses on. And so you, mm. uh, you remember the good Most colored glasses. Yeah. Most colored glasses. Yeah. You remember the good and, you know, you can forget, you know, I just don't want anything who we bring in to be a distraction ever. And that's something that is, I think, needs to be considered with this. I think it'd be great if we can get him on the team and healthy and balling for us because, uh, you know, we were light right now in the receiver room. Um, but at the same time, we got to look at it from all sides and see, like, is it a, a fit? Because it, you know, it might have been a fit, you know, four years ago whenever he was here last. We'll see, it's a whole new roster, a whole new team right now. So that speaks interestingly to how much you love and kind of cherish the current internal dynamic of the players and how you guys get along and how you're operating. What would you, if you could pinpoint one or two qualities of the dynamic you're saying that's, you know, delicate, we don't want to shake that up. What, what would be the qualities of the dynamic you guys have built together? Yeah, I think that we really i mean we just we play for each other and we don't have anybody who thinks they're you know they're or you know there's no i thinkers like everybody obviously has their personal goals and you know things they want to accomplish individually but they keep it within the team goals i think that's been the message all year that has been good it's like yeah everybody's going to like yeah, the pro bowl stuff's coming out the uh you know all the other awards whatever yeah. um but even like with Saquon, like having a great year, like the rushing record or rushing title or whatever it is, like it's all about we got to win these games. Like there's that's the message, that's the theme, and so I think that's whoever we bring in has to keep that within itself because I think of it that way. Like some some guys might think about like if I am balling, doing my thing, then like the ones will come. I think if you focus on winning games, then you rise up to a level that you will get all the accolades and. The winning teams get the most notice. The winning teams, you see their players always pick to other teams, getting paid a lot of money. And so, like, if you're searching for money, easiest thing for me is to, to say to win. Um, hmm. If you're, you know, 
on the fence or whatever, you, you want you know your, your career to last longer, winning games is the key. And so that's, I think, the main fundamental thing with this team that I really appreciate, and that can't change um, in the future with any, anybody. That's a great point. And a couple more, and I'll get you out of here. Uh, I know you're a busy man. So one is a football question. You guys were winning games in early in the season because of your defense. Mm-hmm. Recently, obviously, there's been some injuries, but I want to ask you specifically about the run D. What mm-hmm. do you think about the run defense needs to improve down the stretch for you guys? Uh, because that was not something earlier in the year that you guys had an issue with. And like I said, your ability on third downs and red zones to get off the field and to prevent touchdowns and turn them into field goals. I mean, it's the reason you guys are where you are now. So what in the run game can the collective defense improve down the stretch of this to help you guys secure a playoff berth? Yeah, I think, you know, we have some good players. Um, I think it really is a question of like, not a question of, it's a matter of um, just one play. Like I feel like in the, a few of these games that you see the, the rush numbers really what they are, it's really one or two plays that break. Um, and that's kind of the story of good run defenses. You can't, you got to be relentless and resilient. And it doesn't help that we have had a lot of fluctuation and guys being hurt and, you know, back and all that stuff. It, you know, but that's any team. So we can't kind of rely on that. Um, and it's really, uh, I feel like we played some good offenses recently. And so that's kind of, that's a tough situation. And mm-hmm. for us to commit to this run, it has to be everybody. It can't just be the line, inside linebacker play. It can't just be, you know, big guys in the middle. we got to kind of really be aggressive and strike these dudes because that's – that's talking about fundamental football, that's something that every coordinator or whatever would try to hang their hat on is their run D. Um, and so, yeah, I think we've been really trying to address it and really work it and craft uh, – work on our craft uh, in terms of stopping the run. Um, but that's going to just take the whole 11 – committed to really stopping it did uh did doing a padded practice like dable had you guys do at the beginning of the first washington week did that send a message or does doing that help you guys work on the elements and the techniques and fundamentals you're talking about yeah you know you you get away from it the further you are away from camp um the real contact is only in the game um but yeah i think it sends a message though i think it sends a message like all right we got to get this thing going and get this thing stopped, you know, on both sides of the ball. Um, and so, yeah, it sent a message, but also it allowed us a day to craft and really get after it, um, which I thought we took advantage of. That's great. Last question. As a fellow Notre Dame graduate to an, uh, one Notre Dame graduate to another, I always ha- I have to get your opinion on what you think of the new head coach, Marcus Freeman, and what you think of the eight and four Irish's season and where the program is headed. Yeah, I think uh, I had a chance to talk to Freeman when he became the D coordinator, and I just really appreciated kind of his, uh, his transparency, kind of his energy, his style. Uh, I thought he was an easy guy to talk to, and that had me excited for everything that was coming because of him. Um, then he quickly got thrust into the head coach job, and I'm sure his world has been crazy. As I've been hearing, he's <laughs> done a great job of being personable, but also – like you got to get so much done when you're a head college football coach in today's climate. You got to be on the phone with recruits all the time. You got to kind of be nurturing like your guys who aren't playing because the transfer portal is very alive and well. And so it's like you got to be balancing all these things and wear so many different hats that you got to be a different breed. And so I have a really appreciation for him because 
through all of that stuff, the tornado of being a head coach in college football, he has remained personable and he's connected with his players, connected with the staff. You know, that's different. And when I go back, that's what people keep telling me. Like they'd be, they know I love him because of how he is with people. Um, and so that's special. Then eight and four, I thought it was a good year. I mean, you know, for a team that has had so many recent draft picks and recent success, eight and four uh, early on, you never knew it was going to happen because of the early losses to Marshall and, uh, uh, and the mid-season loss to Stanford, you're like, yeah. okay, what's going to happen with this team? But they made a bowl game, they got eight wins, have a chance to win nine, uh, and it's promising because now you got some young guys who have been playing. You got some young, you know, like uh, Ben Morrison, uh, corner number twenty, uh, freshman, like like you see some freshmen stepping up, sophomore stepping up, and so things are going to look up. And you, he also the good thing about having Freeman is he is personable, like. He, like I said, he tell he was good with people. So these high school kids are committing to him because they can see their relationship there. They can see how he'd be he'd be good for their their growth. And so right now we have the whatever ranked class in twenty twenty three coming in, the whatever ranked class of twenty twenty four as of now. And so things are looking up for sure. I saw you on the field on the MVC broadcast during the bye week. Oh, yeah. Are you coming for my job next? <laughs> yeah, that was a cool thing they had me do. Uh, I don't know. We'll see if that's down the line for me. Uh, it might be. That's something that yeah, I've been getting some opportunity to explore lately. Oh, well done. And uh, guys, my cause, my cleats campaign coming up. Mm-hmm. You can go online, go to Julian's Twitter account. Actually, the link is right there. And you can bid on an autographed pair of customized cleats of Julian's. He's having a great year. The Giants are on the rise. The Irish are on the rise. Julian, thanks so much for taking the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you having me, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.